Sadly, this is what home sounds like for many of America's heroes. During this crisis, many veterans are living on the street, sleeping on nothing more than cardboard. You can help. Donate at cardboardtoheadboard.org. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Fangirl Playbook. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, joined as always by my co-host, Stephanie McCarroll. Did everyone else love Super Wild Card Weekend as much as we did? On today's episode, Steph and I talk slime and break down this past weekend's games before previewing the matchups in the divisional round. QBs, QBs, QBs. Then we're off to Dylan to talk about Landry and Tyra, the kids from Larrabee, and why Tim Riggins just can't catch a break on Friday Night Lights. Let's go. All right, Steph, we had a super, as they called it, super wild card weekend. And I would have to say that it was a super wild card weekend. Much to discuss there, much to preview for the upcoming divisional round. Uh, I think let's quickly mention that Doug Peterson, not very surprising, has been fired from the Eagles. Uh, I mean, Carson Wentz is still there, and I think that's a big problem. But I wonder what Doug Peterson is after that week 17 game where everybody kind of, yeah. feels like, you know, if it was just like at that point done. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's hard to watch a team. I guess it's kind of goes against my values and what I've, <laughs> what I've seen in the NFL, but as far as just tank, you know, um, I don't know what he was doing there. I don't, I don't get it. So it was hard to watch. I- it was hard to watch, and I just wonder if it was like it, – it just – did he want to get fired? I mean, he didn't, but, it, you know, the whole thing was very strange. Screw you, kind of. Yeah, it was very – the whole thing was just so strange, yes. um, and I don't know. It was just – it was very odd, but he's out in Philadelphia, so that is another head coaching vacancy, so we'll see what happens there. Interesting news out of Houston. You know, yeah. Deshaun Watson is apparently – not happy because he was supposed to be a part of the GM and coach hiring process. He's been very much not a part of it. And I believe he was promised he would be. Um, and they hired Nick. I say it wrong every time. Kasarian. Yeah. I believe is how you say his last name. Uh, is it the, as the GM of the Texans. And he just feels left out of the process. So apparently he's angry and close to demanding slash requesting a trade. You know, of course it's brought up a lot on 49ers Twitter has brought up a lot of conversation there. I mean, it's actually amazing to me. I have to just say as an aside, as I'm watching all the games this weekend, I mean, the 49ers aren't even playing and somehow Jimmy Garoppolo is getting trashed. I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, why are we talking about Jimmy Garoppolo? He's not even playing in any of these games. Like, it's I'm just, over it though. I'm over it too. I'm, I'm done. I like, I can't, I can't talk about it anymore. <laughs> Just it's like, because it's so weird. And I'm like, I'm like, how is this? How are we talking about? I just don't understand. Um, Deshaun Watson's interesting. You know, we'll see what happens. I have a sure. hard time believing that Houston is, in fact, going to trade him. Um, he is what they want to be their franchise quarterback. He just signed a big contract. He's Deshaun Watson. Like, I just don't. Yeah. I, I have a hard time believing that's actually going to happen. I would, um, I would give my firstborn child for <laughs> For sure. Well, don't say that. I don't think you'd have to. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. I mean, that's how impressive I think he yeah. is. And I just I sit there and I think, well, what 
why in the world? Like, that's the one thing they have going for them. hundred percent. And like, I'm like, why in the world would they trade him? Okay, so they've got him. They've got him locked in. He's young. He's dynamic. What in the world? You know, like, you make that right. Whatever needs to happen. That's how I feel. I could not agree with you more. And I mean, you know how I feel about Deshaun Watson. Anybody who listens to the podcast, it is well documented. Hopefully Um, my firstborn child doesn't listen to this. Hopefully not. He'll be like, wait, what? I don't want to live in Houston. Are you serious? I didn't want to move. What are you talking about? Nothing against Houston, but I'm sure he's very happy where he is. Um, well, I don't. I hopefully it won't come to that. Um, I can understand why 49ers Twitter Twitter is all a buzz and excited about the prospect, but um, I'd say chances are Deshaun Watson is staying where he is. But time time will tell. So sure. let's talk about Super Wildcard Weekend. The first thing I have to talk about that just made me so happy was that Nickelodeon broadcast. Yeah, it was cute. Oh. <laughs> I loved it. There should be slime all the time. It really was cute. They did. I think they did a great job. First of all, football should be fun. It is a game. Absolutely. And I think they did a really good job of taking kind of the uh, over seriousness out of it. And it, it's a business and I get all that, but it is a game and it should be fun. And that broadcast was really fun. I think they did a really good job explaining things in a way that was not at all condescending. Right. Uh, and I know it was, it was geared towards kids, but it, they really did, I think, such a great job. I um, loved, um, I don't know if you saw it, Kurt Warner's tweet about yes. Nickelodeon and how his son, and here he is a footballer, you know, and so yeah. he's done. Hall of Famer. Yeah. <laughs> and, and his son's never watched it with him. And how awesome is that, that he's been able to connect with family members in that capacity? I just thought that was just, that warmed my heart. I was like, oh. <laughs> I agree. It, it warmed my heart too. I hope they do more things like it. It really, it really worked. I, I'm assuming they will because it seemed to have a tremendous response and a pretty decent viewership. Um, Nate Burleson was awesome. Uh, that woman, Gabby from Nickelodeon did a really great job. I believe his name is it Eagle, uh, Ian Eagle, or is that the dad? Um, either way, the other guy in the booth, sorry guys. Um, his last, I think his last name is Eagle. What's though. His name? Also did a really good job. Uh, so it, it was, I just thought it was really, really fun. And I'm actually going to look it up now because yeah, now it's it was gonna, great. And it, Noah it, it's Eagle. All, it, yeah. Noah Eagle, that's his name. No, you it's all walks of life. It's not just like, obviously it's fun for us because it's different and it's just a different way to view and then kids and then special needs people. It was just like awesome. I was just, I was just really impressed with it. It was, it was. And then, then there was just the one F bomb, but oh, you know, yeah. it happened. <laughs> totally happens. Um, so that was good. But yeah, that was, that was really fun. And that was a highlight. And really for that particular game, it was quite the highlight. Of course, then Mitchell Trubisky gets the MVP, um, oh, the Nick, which was really funny. Then they voted on by the fans, even though he lost the game, which that was kind of funny as well. Um, but that that was not a great football game. <laughs> and certainly having the Nickelodeon <laughs> the Bears. portion the Bears. And I liked the tweets that were like, well, kids – Kids were going to have to learn about the Bears eventually, so maybe this was the best way to introduce them <laughs> to the yeah. Chicago Bears. Uh, so, so that was really, really fun. Um, okay, so then looking, of course, at the games. Let's talk, obviously, that game, New Orleans won. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bears looked terrible. I have a feeling we're going to have another head coaching vacancy in Chicago, uh, but we can talk about That's that. Tough. 
what and if it happens. So what they, the uh, Saints will be playing the Buccaneers on Sunday. They got the final game of the weekend for, I think, obvious reasons. You got Brady v. Breeze, which should be a great matchup. It hasn't been a great matchup during the regular season. It was no. <laughs> New Orleans just owned them. But the playoffs are different. Uh, we've talked about this before. I do think it's very hard to beat a team three times in a season. I expect Tampa Bay to make a better showing. Um, I would be remiss if we didn't mention that the Buccaneers played the Washington football team and Tyler Taylor Heineke, the legend yeah. was born. I mean, that was an incredible performance for him. Uh, the guy who six weeks ago, I think was studying to get a, a, an accounting degree or something yeah. along those lines. So, um, that was really great to see. Would have loved to, of course, seen Alex Smith in that game, but for sure he was hurt and unable to play. But the Buccaneers played really well. But Taylor Heineke really gave him a run for their money. Um, and I think you see with the Washington football team that defense is so good, and Chase Young is so good. But you, there is something different about the playoffs, and yeah. you need that experience, I think, uh, to really shine in the playoffs. And obviously Tom Brady has that in spades. So uh, it'll be the Saints versus the Bucks. And when you look at matchups, which of course we talk about a lot and you talk a lot about on this podcast, you know, matchup to matchup, the Saints are probably the stronger team and have proven mm -hmm. to be the stronger team this season. But again, the playoffs are different. And, and I do see this game being a lot closer than the matchups we've seen earlier this season. Yeah, I do too. I, I think they met the last time I watched them was week one. And it was like you said, it was that blowout. But I do feel like, you know, Tom Brady has had a chance to jive with everyone. Mm -hmm. And he has a lot of weapons. And so with time and then the experience factor, I, I do think it's going to be a, a good game, a close game too. Yes, absolutely. And uh, Tom Brady, to his credit, did a very funny Someone tweeted something about how this one should be on the History Channel, and um, oh, he did yeah. a very funny graphic <laughs> graphic of him and Drew Brees, um, which I thought was a good, you know. I didn't even recognize Drew Brees. I was like, "Who's that?" And yeah, that was really, that was really, was really fun really because you have Brady's forty three, and Brees will be well. His birthday, I believe, is this week. So will he be forty one or forty two when the game starts? I mean, either way, like it's pretty incredible. You have two quarterbacks in their early forties. One of them's going to the NFC Championship game. So <laughs> right. that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, cool. Yeah, I think it's very cool. So uh, we'll have some fun watching that one. And then the other Sunday game, uh, we're going We're going to go in reverse order. We're not going to go from when they start. We're going to go backwards. <laughs> uh, the Sunday game earlier will be the Browns and the Kansas City Chiefs. So the Browns just manhandled the Steelers. The Steelers started to make a little bit of a comeback, but it was one of those where you could tell it was just – going to be too little too late. Um, yeah, for sure. Part of it, of course, the Steelers, no disrespect to the Browns because they played a great football game. They were not sloppy. They did not make mistakes. They capitalized on the Steelers' mistakes. So I give them full credit on that. But the Steelers definitely had a hand in beating themselves. There was the high snap from Pouncey to start the game, which was just so shocking, uh, that resulted in a Browns touchdown. There were the multiple interceptions from – Mm -hmm. Big Ben multiple, also many an interception from Big Ben. I believe it ended up being four. So this week is going to be very different. They're heading to Kansas City. The Chiefs do not tend to make those types of mistakes. This one's going to be a little bit 
tougher. I had a feeling the Browns were going to win this one because I think we saw with the Steelers, they jumped out to 11 and 0, but they really struggled in the final weeks of the yeah. season. So this one was not so surprising. I just think, you know, the Chiefs don't make mistakes. The Browns are going to have to play completely mistake-free football. Um, Matchup-wise, though, I have to say, like, if you look at Cleveland, if you take a look at Cleveland's defense versus Kansas City's defense, I think you could make the argument that they're equally as strong. Maybe Cleveland even has a slight... I think I think Cleveland's a better defense. I mean, I would take it. <laughs> yeah, I, Miles I Jack too- is tough. And I mean, I get... I mean, sorry. That's okay. Miles Garrett. <laughs> sorry, confused my Miles. Um, but I just think that they're really solid. And I know that Mahomes is tough to take down. But if, if they want to, the Browns defense can be real, real solid. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a great game. I think so, too. And you also have the Browns have that one-two punch at running back that if mm-hmm. they can – can get the running game going in that way. I mean, I think it's going to be a great game too. I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. I do think Kansas city will come out on top, but I'm not counting the Browns out by any means. Uh, It's just that I have a tendency not to count out Patrick Mahomes, you know, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. But uh, that being said, if the Browns can get stuff going against that Kansas city defense, especially in the run game, this will be a close one. So this one, that Sunday is going to be a very fun day for football. I actually think the whole weekend is going to be a great uh, weekend of football. And we saw most of the games this past weekend were really good. So yeah, I and I think, gonna... sorry, I think too that like Cleveland's coming off this big win, you know, like they beat the Steelers and there's something to be said, you know, you talked about playoff, you know, mm-hmm. contention before, but when you're on this role and you're in this moment and you want to win, like that's the right headspace to be in, like instead of being off last week. So I think that Cleveland comes in with this something special. I know that they're like nine and a half point underdogs or whatever, but I think that they're right where they need to be, you know, coming uh-huh. into this game. So I, I, I'm excited for it and I kind of hope they win. <laughs> I kind of, I actually kind of hope they win too. And also, I would like to mention they won last week with their coach sitting in his basement. You know, Kevin right. Stefanski had tested positive for COVID <laughs> and was not coaching this game. So I don't know. I know. You know, it's so funny because you know, athletes and football players are so superstitious that you almost mm-hmm. like wonder: Is it like, do we leave Kevin in the basement? I don't think they're going to. <laughs> um, but my favorite thing I saw was that his feed was a little behind. The rest, like his family's feet upstairs. Oh, okay. So he heard his kids going crazy in the beginning of the game. And he was like, oh, something happened. But he didn't know what yet. So that was really fun. Like, why wasn't his, why didn't they make sure his feed was really right on? I mean, he couldn't have, they couldn't have found a way to get him the feed from the stadium. Seriously. Um, so that was, that was kind of a great story. So I agree with you. I do hope they win. I'm actually like now all in on the Browns for the playoffs. So hopefully they don't, they don't lose this weekend, but uh, I'm really pulling for them. I think it would be a great story and it would be cool for Browns fans. Um, boy, I think it's going to be a Browns. shootout. Like they're going to score and then they're going to score and then they're going to score. Mm-hmm. And that's how and I kind of Whoever has the ball last basically mm-hmm. is going to win the game, but which, yeah, that's fair. So that's going to be a fun, fun one. So it'll be, it'll be a very fun day on Sunday. So then Saturday will also be a fun day. Okay. So Saturday 
the Rams at the Packers. Green Bay, of course, has the advantage of January and Green Bay being an acquired taste, and it is going to be very, very cold. That being said, I take you back several years to Colin Kaepernick's unbelievable performance in Green Bay in January, so it's certainly possible to beat the Packers in January in the playoffs. But the Rams have other issues at hand. So Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup uh, at last check were day-to-day. Aaron Donald with a rib injury, Cooper Cup with a knee injury. If I were to guess, I would say Aaron Donald for sure plays and Cooper Cup probably as well. Uh, But they also have a bit of a quarterback. I mean, I guess we'd call it, uh, do we call it a controversy or do we just call it a situation? Situation. We'll go with the situation. situation. So this past weekend, John Wolford was starting. Jared Uh Goff is backup because he was 12 days away from his thumb surgery. But there were no other active quarterbacks on the roster. So this brought up a lot of questions. If Jared Goff was healthy enough to be the only other active quarterback on the roster, why wasn't he starting? Um, John Wolford, unfortunately, left the game early with a stinger, which, thank goodness, it looked very bad. He had to go to the hospital. It looked much scarier. So thank goodness that's all that that was the issue there. Not that that's super painful, but uh, considering that was, you know, good news for John Wolford and the Rams. But so Jared Goff came in and I will give him credit. I don't think he is a great quarterback. We've talked about this many times in this podcast, but I do give him a lot of credit. He came in, he played a gutsy game. He clearly is not a hundred percent, but their defense was just like, talk about stepping up for the playoff. Yeah. Lights out on defense. Uh, I expect that that will not change this week, but at the moment, we still don't know who is going to be starting. And this a little bit also might be um, it's health related and also maybe a little strategy related. I mean, they didn't say who was starting until as like late as they could this past weekend, but I'm going to pick the Packers on this one, even though I think the Rams defense is just, I mean, it is the top defense in the league and they're incredible. But I think, you know, when you get down to it in a playoff game, you know, I would, pick Aaron Rodgers to pull out a win over Jared Goff or John Wolford. Yeah, I agree. And I think that they were playing a really, um, I mean, Seattle wasn't that hot to begin with. And they were not hot. hot. (laughs) (laughs) But into like, and it's hard for any team to, you know, have not know who the quarterback is and not have the plan. So I think that's definitely a strategy to, you know, Green Bay matchup, but I don't know if they're going to be strong enough to wade through another playoff game, I guess is my point. And I think that to the point of the Washington football team, nobody had a game plan for that quarterback. And I think that there's something to be said for that. I don't care. You know, it, it just, mm-hmm. nobody knew how to defend that. So, yeah. and and I think that's different when you go to the next week, when you actually game plan for um, the, the QBs, no doubt they're going to be game planning for both at this point. And the Rams, even if Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup do play, and like I said, I do think they will, you still have, they're not at 100%, 100% health. And I know that at this point, no one in the NFL is 100% healthy. No. But when we talked about, you know, with Cleveland and Kansas City, how Cleveland is coming in with momentum and, and in a right. moment and can't do the weekend off, in this case, like the weekend off may very well make the difference. Because yeah. you have a team that's fresh and healthy and then a team who is limping. 
for lack of a better <laughs> term. So I think, you know, th- that will come into play. So I do think it'll be a good game. I don't, I don't necessarily see it. I don't see it being a blowout because I think the Rams defense is so good. Um, but I, I think Green Bay will ultimately come out victorious, which. And I they're mean, seasoned. I mean. Yeah, they are seasoned. The thing that, like you were talking about with Tom Brady, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has all that, and he's feeling really, really confident about his team right now and his own abilities and his offense, and he's bought in finally to this to the system. So, I don't know. I'm kind of excited for Aaron. <laughs> and then we also have another little storyline, of course, is Lafleur coaching mm-hmm. against Sean McVay. So. You know, part of part of his coaching tree there. So uh, it, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to watch. And then the NFC Championship game, your quarterbacks are most likely. I'm like already giving Green Bay the win, but most likely <laughs> your quarterbacks are going to be Aaron Rodgers versus either Tom Brady or Drew Brees. And like that's kind of awesome. <laughs> like what a yeah, treat from a football fan perspective. Yeah. Um, now, if the Rams win, that changes this entire conversation. <laughs> but I just, I just. <laughs> Don't see it happening. So we'll see, though. That is why they play the game. Uh, And then our final game that we are going to discuss is Saturday night, uh, the Ravens at the Bills. So so kind of an interesting conversation I was excited to have with you about this because last week when we talked about the Bills, I said it was very much going to come down to Josh Allen, which Mm -hmm. it did. I mean, he was very much the difference in that game against the Titans. That and the fact that they were really able to contain Derrick Henry. I mean, Derrick Henry, who rushed for over 2,000 yards in the regular season, was, I believe, held to 40 yards rushing on Saturday. So that, of course, was a big part of it. So, yes, last week it had to come down to Josh Allen. This week it can't just be Josh Allen. Right. (laughs) That makes sense. So I was kind of excited to talk to you about that. (laughs) I think think both teams are good. I think both teams are – Interesting. I think they're, they're, you know, I don't know. This one's a tougher matchup, but I do think that the Bills have a slight edge here. I think their defense is really, really good. And I don't think Lamar has been as spot on as he has in the past. So unless he comes back and he's Lamar Jackson again, (laughs) I think, uh, you know, I think the Bills might edge this one out. Well, I think, I would say this, if both teams play their best football, then mm-hmm. I do think the Bills have the edge. Okay. Uh, that's, if that makes sense. I if do they think play if, you, it. If, they, if each team is playing their absolute best football, I think it'll be very close, but I do think the Bills have a little bit of the edge. It's, you know, are they going to be able to capitalize on mistakes? Will Will Lamar also be able to change the game with his legs? But then Josh Allen, he's not Lamar Jackson, but he has that ability as he's a well. Game changer, yeah. Yes, he definitely is a game changer. I was very happy to see Lamar get the win. I do think the narrative that he can't win in the playoffs was kind of ridiculous like for that. a man who had been he was 0 and 2. He's not 0 and right. 8. Like he went to so now he's 1 and 2 in the playoffs. You know, so I think that was kind of definitely a silly unfair. narrative. Yeah. But yeah, definitely unfair, but I was still happy to see him get the win. Um I agree he with you. He needs to win. He needs to get that confidence up. He needs to, you know, go out there and they need to let him lose. I don't know what's going on, but I think that that would be my recommendation if I was coach. <laughs> let Lamar cook. Is that like, yeah. we, is that like the yeah. direction let you want to take? Let him go. Like let Russ cook. Let Lamar cook. Right. Russ did not. Russ was not cooking the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, nor I don't even think he was ordering takeout. It was not a great, it was not a great day at all uh, for Seattle. So yeah, I agree. This is, this is maybe the toughest matchup 
of the weekend to predict, uh, but we'll see. I am excited. I think it should be a really, really good game. I, the Bills also seem to be a little bit of a team right now talking about having a moment, kind of a team that's having a moment. And mm-hmm. there is kind of a momentum. You know, there are teams that, and this is maybe this is the like total um, football fangirl in me and, and all of that kind of thing. But I do think oftentimes we see teams that seem to be like, not. I'm not going to go team of destiny. That seems a little strong. But that are teams that are just kind of cooking, having a moment, everything's going their way, clicking, you know, and the bills a little bit do seem to see like seem – seem to seem like that. But again, whereas last week it had to be on Josh Allen this week, it can't be. If it's only about Josh Allen this week, they won't win. So um, let's, uh, let's see what happens. So lots of fun football. I'm just so excited. I love the playoffs, but then they also make me sad because then it means it's almost over. (laughs) That's kind of the, the, but the playoff (laughs) football is really fun. And I have to say, I, Really loved the super wild card weekend. Three games each day. That was really fun. I mean, Saturday football, you can't go wrong. No, and three of them. It was amazing. And then you threw on the slime. It was just great. It was a great (laughs) weekend. I literally, I don't know if you saw or you guys saw, I get one point I tweeted, and this was a very true tweet, that I just screamed slime, slime, slime and clapped my hands. I mean, I was so excited. I loved every minute of it. Um, So there's that. Um, All right. So this weekend, we have all the football games and we can, we'll discuss them next week. So kind of excited to see. And the next week also, we may have some coaching hires to discuss. We'll see uh, what happens over the next several days. Mm -hmm. A lot of talk. So uh, next up, we go to Dillon, Texas for the episode, There Goes the Neighborhood. Um, It's uh, a really good, it's a really good episode. Uh, we see a lot of things. It's the ending is so tough. I actually like, couldn't fully watch it because it makes me so sad um, at the very end of this episode. But we will just uh, we will start. So Landry and Tyra are in a place in which no charges against Landry. They can move forward from the "I know what you did last summer" murder, and uh, they Landry, of course, thinks that they can pick right back up where they left off in terms of their romantic relationship. Tyra is not so sure about that. Uh, and she actually has a conversation with Julie, which I think is such a good conversation where Julie says, do you like him? And she says, well, he really cares about me and he's really sweet and he's funny. And Julie says, so what's the problem? And of course, Tyra can't answer. But yeah. there is a tornado. Is it a tornado? Yeah. It's a tornado, right? There's a tornado and Tim Riggins is currently living with the Taylors. Uh, so he he is... Uh, going out to get formula to help out um, Tammy's sister. And he and Tammy's sister are definitely like flirting a little, I wouldn't say in like an inappropriate way, but he is in high school and she's mostly not. Uh, So there's there's that. sort of like the shiny new thing in the house and he's cute. Exactly. And she's been been in that house with like Tammy and Eric and the baby and Julie. And Julie's been like very unhappy pretty much the entire time she got there. And then here's Tim Riggins. And so like, you know, it's like, Kind of harmless it's and funny. Cheesy. Yeah. It's funny. So he goes out to get formula. Julie goes with him while they're at the grocery store. There's like a tornado and he like grabs Julie and puts her on the ground and like covers her up. But he's, he's like really sweet. It's like not an appropriate thing, but he's like really sweet and, and protects her. Um, so 
you can you can see them starting to bond, but again, like not in a way, not like in a romantic way. Yeah, but like it's like brother bonding. sister. Yeah, it does feel very like brother sister, and he's uh, he's very uh, protective of her, literally and figuratively, and, and we'll see that more as the episode goes on. But they really start to bond, and then later in the episode, they're at they're getting food and studying, and Matt comes in with Carlotta, and Julie sees them making out in the car, and. Um, she says to Tim, like, can we get out of here? And he, like, assesses the situation and they go. So he's definitely protective of her. Yeah. Um, and there's – so there's this tornado tor- – I, I said that so funny. Tornado. Um, there's a tornado. <laughs> and as a result, Larrabee High School has been displaced. So the students from Larrabee are at Dillon, including the football team, who Dillon will be playing in two weeks. So there is a already a rivalry here between these two teams. So they're now sharing a locker room and sharing a weight room and sharing a practice field. And there are a lot of problems that come with that. Uh, You know, the, the Larrabee football team is definitely, their coach comes across as kind of a jerk and he's definitely not coach Taylor in the next episode. We're going to learn a little bit more about that uh, and why he's maybe being a little bit more jerky than he normally would be. Um, but, you know, the guys come into the locker room and there's been like, I don't know if it's like baby powder or talcum powder. like put yeah. yeah, like they've totally been vandalized. So then the um, so then the Panthers retaliate and they get caught. So Coach Taylor, you know, makes them pay. And the other coach is like, whatever, boys will be boys. So you can see a very big difference in how the two teams are coached and disciplined and what the players, you know, think that they can get away with. Um, and then later in the episode, the Larrabee football team has now peed in the, uh, locker room. Like in, it's like so disgusting, um, in like in their bags, like it's disgusting. And Tim comes in and the coach actually like, like gets in a fight with Tim and coach Taylor comes in and pulls the coach off him and says like, if you ever touch one of my players again, you will never coach another down to football again. And I would like personally like kick your ass um so he really like picks up for tim and tim thanks him later and says like just thank you so much for having my back and you know there's see a lot of differences so beyond that they also get in a fight because one of the the qb1 for larabee has taken a liking to tyra Mm -hmm. and is there's a dance coming up and he is going to take her to the dance um, and Landry ends up getting, starting a fight in the cafeteria. And then it just becomes a all out fight and food fight. And it's just like a total disaster. Um, and that actually, I think also they get disciplined for, and it, you know, the, the coach, the coaches react differently to everything, uh, yeah. that's going on between these two teams. Um, but I want to talk about the dance for a minute before we get to some of the other stuff, but you know, the end of the towards the end of the episode, Landry's at a party with Tim and and um, Julie and people who didn't go to the dance, and he ends up going to see Tyra, who's sitting alone on the bleachers because her date is throwing up in the bathroom. These Larrabee kids, gross! Like they pee on things, like throwing up in the bathroom, gross. <laughs> um, but she's sitting alone, and basically, like he, you know, he basically says to her, like I. Like, it's sad to me that you are not a person who thinks you deserve someone who really cares about you and really loves you and really wants to be good to you and treat you well. And it's a really good 
it's a good conversation and Tyra definitely gets emotional. And, you know, you give Landry a lot of credit too, because, you know, on the one hand, he's a high school kid, of course. And like, she's said some really mean things to him, but he does love her. And there is a level of confidence to him. Like he knows who he is. He knows what he has to offer. He knows that he's a great guy. It would be a great catch for her. And he stands by that. Uh, and I really appreciate that about Landry. Yeah, it was really mature and it was just good because I think he sees that Tyra doesn't think she's good enough to have mm-hmm. somebody good enough for her. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of like mm-hmm. one of those things. And he's like, how can you not see it? And so he does he doesn't even get mad at the other guy. You know, he's just really right on the money with, you know, his analysis of everything. You know, he's like, it's you. You know, you yeah. can't see it. And I wish you could because it's not about anybody else. You know, it's not about me. It's not, you know. And I, I just thought, and I thought that was just so sweet. And I, I feel for him. I just yeah. feel for him. It sucks. I too. <laughs> and I feel for her because it is, too. you know, yeah. she's still really young, but it is, it, it takes a long time and it doesn't really matter how old you are. You know, a lot of people go through their whole lives feeling that way mm-hmm. and settle for not someone that's not really good enough in terms of the way they're treated. And right. I think that's, you know, that's something that, that we see. It takes a while to learn. It does. It takes a while to learn. And actually, you know, um, several years ago, I dated someone who was not so nice to me and not great. And uh, when that ended, a good male, very close, like male friend of mine said to me, you know, don't settle. And it was very, it was an interesting conversation because it was a maturity thing for me because mm-hmm. what I considered settling, like he was right, but I never thought I was settling in that thing, in that relationship. Because right. I was like, oh, but he's this and he's that and whatever. But he, but it was a very like eye-opening, like maturity growth thing for me. And like, no, I can't settle for someone who treats me poorly, no right. matter what else there is. You know, that's just the end right. of it. Like, And I think that conversation I thought was a really good conversation that they had in the show. And I really, I found it very relatable. So, um, so thought that was, like that it. was really good. Yes. I, I like it too. We also have a little bit of a situation with Tammy and her sister. Um, in the last episode, when her sister talks to her about how she went after that teacher, uh, the one oh, that yeah. he thought, you know, or it could have been a couple episodes ago. Um, and she, and Tammy says to her, you know, you're not a mother. And the sister says to her, like, hopefully one day I'd like to have a conversation with you where you don't say that to me. And, you know, um, her sister's definitely like, like we said before, flirting a little bit with Tim and Tammy's really judgmental on it. And, you know, I remember you said last week, Tammy's had a tough couple of episodes. I think she's got, (laughs) she's got another one. And, you know, you see, you see where it comes from. You see why she's concerned, but she makes a comment to her, like, you just refuse to grow up. No wonder you're single. And like, these aren't nice things to say to a person. And they come from Tammy's own things right now that she has this baby and she's not getting along with Julie and what's going on at the school. And it totally, I think in some ways there's a little bit of envy there of you have this like happy go lucky free life. Not that Tammy doesn't love her life and her children and everything, but there's a little bit of this, like you can do what you want with whoever you want, whenever you want. And I think that there's a little bit of that and she's projecting and it's not nice for for lack of a better term. It's not nice. It's not. And I mean, but it's like, it's hard because she's there. There's all these people, you know, and 
she's forced into this, you know, responsibility role that's, you know, really responsible. Like she's yes. like really got a lot on her plate. And, you know, and then she sees this and I could see her, I, cause I could, I get it. You know, I could get that. Like I could see why that would bug her, you know? Totally. And, um, and then you got Tim and it's like, when is he leaving, you know, and she kind of wants some sense of normalcy and she's not getting it. And so she kind of takes it out on the people around her. Yes. And she does want to know when Tim's leaving and she wakes up at five in the morning to Tim and, and Eric playing ping pong in the garage. And she's which had it, but, you know, her sister. Yeah. Which I love that too. And you know, Eric's like, I need, a, I need a, like a guy in here. Like it's me and your sister and Julie and the baby. And you right. know, like, it's a lot going on in here. Um, and there's the tension between the sisters. It's, it's a lot. Um, but you know, her sister says something interesting to her. Like, I can't believe you would trust your two month old baby with someone that you see is so irresponsible. Uh, and she's right. like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to my room, but just so you know, your baby's in the 70th percentile for height and weight. And your pediatrician says hi. And it is kind of like a reminder, like you can judge me and say all these things to me, but you're, you're putting your baby in my care 100%. and I'm taking care of her and doing you a favor. Like, right. and so, I mean, really like she is doing her a favor. She does not have to move in with them and take care of the baby for her sister. And that does put her own life on hold in a lot of ways. And it's a really yeah, like, absolutely kind think, thing for her to do. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's really easy to judge other people. It's really easy to do, but oh, it's yeah. like it's you know, and I think that that's where you see the different perspectives come in. But um, I, I I felt for Tammy. I I understand her, but I get I, I don't like it. <laughs> so it's, it's like so- I and I understand her too, and I think she's in like you said, she's got a lot going on, and she's mm-hmm. in a difficult position. And and like I said, I do think a little bit comes from kind of envy and projecting yeah, sure. and that's where most judgment comes from like when yeah. we judge other people it obviously comes from our own stuff but um you know it's just it's kind of a tough it, it was a tough conversation and I felt I felt for uh her sister in that way as well um so then the part that I have such a hard time with uh god I hope I don't cry I'm such a I'm such a sap but like I do it just makes me really sad. So Tim and Julie are at this party. Basically, like I said, the people who didn't go to the dance are at this party and Julie is upset and hurt. Um, and Landry does make a comment to her like, you are the one who broke up with Matt. And I think this was a learning experience. And, you know, it's funny, actually, there was a little bit, I'm just thinking this, of a parallel. I think this is, and it kind of propels Landry to go talk to Tyra. But there is a little bit of a parallel because here Julie did have someone that she really did care about. And really cared about her and really loved her. And the Swede was kind of the shiny new thing. Mm-hmm. And she was also going through a lot and dealing with a lot, but I think it was a good kind of lesson that, you know, you have something good where you really do love the person and the person loves you just like to keep that in mind. Um, and not always just go for the shiny new thing, which is, there was kind of a, um, theme of that in this entire episode. But I think, you know, it was, a, it was a good learning experience. And of course that happens and it happens to everybody. And that's how you grow and learn from these decisions. But Julie's obviously really regretting it because she obviously still loves Matt and really cares about him. Um, so she's getting drunker and drunker at this party uh, and Tim's keeping on her. And there's this guy who is like, you know, creepy high school guy going after the drunk girl um, right. who's spending all the time with Julie. And so Tim 
calls him over and says like, you know, hey, how's that going? He's like, really well. I think I'm like one beer away from getting laid. And Tim's like, yeah. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, if you ever look at her again, I will ruin you. I will end you. And he's like, and he's like, and I mean, look at her now. Look at her at school. I will end you. And um, and it's like a great scene. It's a cute scene. It's like the big brother scene. So they get home. Julie like can't even function. I mean, right. she literally can't walk. Tim has gets to try and he's trying to be really quiet so she doesn't get in trouble for right. coming home so wasted. And he, he gets her on her bed. He's taking her shoes off. And she like I think puts her arms around his neck. And Coach Taylor walks in. Of course, it looks like a compromising position, which right. it's not. And the part that breaks my heart is that, of course, Tim doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. I know. And maybe he's earned that, you know, with his – but, oh, it just makes me so upset. Yeah, it hurt. I don't know. That one hurt me too because I think Tim was like – it was like, thank God for him. Otherwise, she would have – Thank God. You know, I just am like – and she put herself in that stupid position and, you know, she gets – I don't know. I – it, re- it really me. like it really bugged me too and you know i get from like the dad part he walks in and he sees it and it is For tim sure. yeah and hey, a little bit i think also has tammy in his head who's like when is he leaving mm-hmm. you know they keep they both are kind of flirting with it whatever and, and you're I, seeing she, your daughter drunk and you you know yes. you're with it and part of it's just like he's guilty because he's there you know just because yes. He's in the line of fire. It has nothing to do with what really happened. But, you know, in And it looks like he's about to take advantage of her, even though Mm -hmm. he never would. And it just – and so he kicks Tim out of the house. Um, So sad. It's so sad. It's heartbreaking. I I feel like the the next episode will make everyone feel a little bit better (laughs) about it. But I just – I find that to be, and it's like one of those things too, where you're watching the episode and you see them at the party and you're like, you can see where this is going and it's just awful. Um, And And it kind of speaks to his character too, about why he is the way he is and why he's so, because he's never given the benefit of the doubt, you know, he's, and he's so, I, I don't know, jaded about why things don't work out for him. And, you know, he just is, I'm going to look out for number one. And these are the reasons. This is the kind yeah. of stuff that continually happens to poor Tim, <laughs> you know? I know. It's really sad. And I mean, I have other friends who watch this show who, who don't feel about Tim as we do, who would say, but he did, he's earned that. Like, there is a reason that the assumption is, is he's doing wrong. But sure. see, I actually feel like in this particular case, I don't, I, well, maybe I'm foreshadowing my who's not hot, but I think <laughs> in this particular case, I just think like, take a breath and maybe like, think about like, you know, Tim well enough, Tim can mm-hmm. be a screw up in a lot of ways. And he may come to practice hungover and he may go to Mexico with Jason and just not tell anybody. And there, and he may be like a, a womanizer, but he's not a creep. Right. And he's really not the guy, in my opinion, who is going to take advantage of the super, super drunk girl. That's not who he is. And that right. and he's and not a liar. Like yeah, he liar. would own that. Like he he's that way that he would say, Okay, yeah, I did this, you know, duh, 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 you know, der kind of thing, you know. <laughs> Your invitation and, is fantastic. <laughs> but I just feel like that he would be that t- like he's not a liar. And like no, he would not. and so 
even though it looks bad or whatever, like take a second and listen, you know, to him. And that's kind of what I was thinking because he, I could just see like he would take it. He doesn't have a problem looking bad as long as he he'll own whatever he does, you know? Yes. But it's like, but when he's being like falsely accused of this, it's just like, that's what kills me. It's just like, oh, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And that's, and that's me. And I actually did have to fast forward through a little bit of that because I was like, I can't watch this again. It makes me so sad. Um, I was like, it just makes me like, it just really makes me so sad. Um, So there was that. Well, that is this Friday Night Lights. Uh, Next week, we'll be back with another. And of course, wrap or uh, breaking down the divisional matchups and previewing the AFC and NFC championship games. I just, I can't believe that we're already here, we're but already here. we weren't even we're, sure there was we're... football that was going to happen. No, we didn't. <laughs> and we had the, and we had the college football national championship last night, like everything, you yeah. know, there you go. So it's um, here we are. So we should do fangirl says who's hot. Who's not. Right. Steph, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, so my who's, not hot. I'm going to start with Ben Roethlisberger. He was terrible, and I don't know. I was kind of glad that he was terrible. <laughs> so, I liked too, all for a all variety the- of reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just was kind of one of those uh, eh, things. So um, one of the things I did want to say is Najee Harris is my who's hot. He's um, a local boy from where I'm grew up in the East Bay and so mm. he did so well and it was just good to see him and I I loved everything about his game and it was just I, I'm looking forward to the NFL draft and seeing where he goes. Fantastic. I like it. I like both of those. Uh my who's not hot is Coach Taylor. I think that you know he's he stuck up for Tim, which he should, and then so quickly believed the worst. And for all of the reasons we just discussed, I thought that was not hot. Uh, and I will caveat and say, I understand that he is a father and he saw his daughter in what he thought was a compromising position. But mm-hmm. I think if you take a step back and think about it, it just felt, it felt unfair. So that was my not hot, even though, again, I understand that he is a father and that's a, adds a whole layer right. of everything that we saw there. Uh, and then my who's hot are the Cleveland Browns. I'm so into them and everything they're doing and they're new forever. Colts. They're my new Colts. Well, because my Colts were not hot and they no, lost. Yeah. So there was that. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of questionable coaching moves this last weekend, but alas, onward and upward. Um, but yeah, I am my the Browns are the new Colts, and I really it was fun to watch. And the other thing is it looks like, and you know, this was something we saw last year with the 49ers and I obviously winning helps, but they're really, they're having fun. Yeah. And it's, they're I, a fun team to watch. They it's, are a fun team to watch. It's good. Yeah. It's like, it's, I don't know. It's exciting. And I have zero problem with uh, Baker Mayfield and turning the half backwards. And like, I don't, I think, you know, and also I like, I kind of really like the commercials. I, mean, I got to say, you <laughs> won me over. He's like, well, but uh, I'm going to say the Cleveland Browns. So um, no disrespect to the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. I'm a big Patrick Mahomes fan, but I'd love to see the Browns pull out a win. It would be exciting. So, yeah, that would be awesome. So we'll see what happens. We'll be back to discuss it next week. And with that, we'll talk to you guys later. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review and to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. Bye, everybody. Bye, Steph. Bye-bye. 
sports opinions with a side of satire. We're the First and Tens, a weekly show delivering the spiciest opinions on football, life, and especially each other. And we can do that because we've been best friends for so long. I'm Amy. And I'm Jasmine. First and Tens will bring you sports from the female perspective while also injecting pop culture, fashion, and music into our daring dialogue. We're saucy, edgy, and most of all, we We think think we're we're funny funny AF. First and Tens, light on stats, heavy on sass. Follow us at firstandtenspodcast.com.